Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters, and it matters that it's spring. What does spring represent to you? What is this time of year? I know as a young boy, my mom used to always cry out. I mean, cry out with delight when the first daffodils would show their face in our garden. Um, When she would hear the song of the first red robin, she'd say, oh, the red breast robin is outside. And it was not just a robin. It was a red breast robin. And she rejoiced in the colors that the bird represented, but the song, the springtime, the hope. My mom, Roberta Goldstein, was a poet. And all my life, my memory, uh, as I look back, all my life with her, uh, so much of it was the interaction between the written word the joy she found in nature and in human interaction and sounding a warning on the world. She would write about mothers from different backgrounds who both worried about their children. Uh, They might be on both sides of a war. The Catholic uh, in Ireland and the Protestant in Ireland or the the Jew in Israel and the Arab uh, in the Middle East and and same thing in Vietnam during the Vietnam War and recognizing through the mothers um, the, the very human cost of war. Um, but in terms of nature and with springtime, she just rejoiced in the words that would bring that alive and that got me thinking this week about uh, poets and what they've written about spring, and I, I've picked three to share with you this this week from different backgrounds, and um, I'll do another podcast on my mother specifically. Um, I owe that to her and so much more. And Mother's Day is coming up, isn't it? Uh, and. Uh, so that is a very special time to uh, consider what our mothers mean to us and have meant to us and can mean to us and what we can be if we are um, moms, dads, where the role of a, a parent or a mentor uh, or an older friend of someone Um that's a topic for another day. Let me share these words about spring from Emily Dickinson. A light exists in spring, not present on the year, at any other period. When March is scarcely here, a color stands abroad on solitary fields that science cannot overtake, but human nature feels. It waits upon the lawn, it shows the furthest tree, upon the furthest slope. You know, it almost speaks to you. Then, as horizons step or noons report away, without the formula of sound, it passes, 
and we stay. A quality of loss affecting our content. As trade had suddenly encroached upon a sacrament. A quality of loss affecting our content. Perhaps you'd say content. Our contentedness as trade had suddenly encroached upon a sacrament. It is for and was for Emily Dickinson, a religious experience springtime. That's kind of like what it was for my mom. Just the bird song and the flowers and the the things you could see, the the kind of light that springtime creates and fashions to with which to see the world. She says a light exists in spring, not present on the year at any other period. That's how she starts this poem. Looking outside her window there in Amherst and wondering about that light. And I ask you, have you noticed the light of springtime? Have you noticed the differences in light throughout the year? It's part of the way we empower ourselves and enrich ourselves and deepen ourselves is how aware we are with things like darkness and light. Of course, it's a metaphor for life itself, but this light, this spring light, for Dickinson was something with which she could see the world in a particular way and she knew it was temporary. It would not last throughout the year. And she treasured it. It was a, a spiritual experience. So, in so many ways was it for uh, a poet on the other side of the Atlantic one of the most treasured poets throughout our history who lived back in 1770 to 1850, William Wordsworth. I remember wandering through uh, the Lake District in England and um, where he lived, where he wrote, where he taught. And um, and reading his poetry a lot aloud, and I think poetry is meant to be read aloud, There are moments just to treasure it in your silence. And there are some wondrous poets um, who are coming up, fresh, young, contemporary poets, who I want to share with you as well. Because the gift of that kind of art, of, of that kind of challenge of seeing and hearing things through the eyes of poetry is a, a very special gift that was given to me by my mom from the youngest age because those memories are of her reading to me, coming home from school, reading her newest poem, uh, challenging me to pick different words, to understand what it is to pick this word or that word, to polish words. And words became very, very precious to me, both in poetry and in theater, of course, which was my dad's passion. So I consider myself very fortunate and Um, relish being able to share that gift of words with you all through this podcast. This from William Wordsworth that you may be familiar with. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of 
golden daffodils. Beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze, continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A oh, poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company i gazed and gazed but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought for oft when on my couch i lie in vacant or in pensive mood they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude and then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils Then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. That was Wordsworth looking at the the golden daffodils of springtime that that spread before him beneath beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing. That's again evokes the image of my mom finding such joy in the flowers as they bloomed for the first time as they were reborn in springtime, pushing up from beneath the last vestiges of snow or beneath an April rain in our garden that she planted such care and took such joy in. Again, I ask you this week, What is the joy you feel? Be in touch with the joy you feel. Be in touch with the gifts of spring. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite poets, Mary Oliver. And she looked at springtime. She always looked at nature uh, in a very particular way and brought it home in the way she would study animal life and natural vegetation and 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 find a way to look at life through that. And she looked at spring through the life of a black bear. Somewhere a black bear has just risen from sleep and is staring down the mountain. All night in the brisk and shallow restlessness of early spring, I think of her, her four black fists flicking the gravel, her tongue like a red fire touching the grass, the cold water. There is only one question, how to love this world. There's only one question, how to love this world. I think of her rising like a black and leafy ledge to sharpen her claws against the silence of the trees. Whatever else my life is with its poems and its music and its glass cities, it is also this dazzling darkness coming down the mountain, breathing and tasting. All day I think of her, her white teeth, 
her wordlessness, her perfect love. Wow. So Oliver looks at this black bear coming down out out of hibernation of the winter. And the way, I love the way she describes her tongue like a red fire touching the grass, the cold water, the, the contrast between the fire and the water. And there's only one question, this bear coming back to life as nature, as the world is coming back to life in spring, metaphorically and literally in many places, how to love this world. And I leave you with that question which is both a question and a challenge, I think. How do we love this world? Do we come down the mountain of our life like this black bear and embrace it? Do we reconnect to it with tongue, with taste, with our senses, as if we've risen from sleep as if we have this new opportunity, this dazzling, out of the dazzling darkness coming down the mountain, breathing and tasting with perfect love. There is an opportunity each and every day to consider how we love this world. How our words and our actions reflect that. Or how they might yet reflect that. So too, like the poets basking in springtime, may this be a time for you of renewal, of hope, and of seeing light with new eyes. Until next week. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters.